the people in the church, those that say they believe, act as if they have the hardest job. But the job of the believer or disciple is to do what? Every every believer, every disciple, everyone that say they are a disciple of Christ should know this answer immediately. Their job is to do what? To witness Their job is to follow. If you're a disciple, then you're following and you're being taught and you're following instructions. If you are a believer, he that believeth and, so there's a continuation to saying, I believe. So when we talk about believe, when we talk about the church, there is a, there is action and the only time action is not taken is when we become complacent, we compromise, we feel, well, I don't have to do that. And we make all kinds of excuses for why we are not or will not comply to what is being asked of us. And what is asked of us should be in the word of God. As you, as CLG has been told many times, if it's not in the word of God, then don't, you know, don't worry about it. Uh, so with that being said, let's, let's stop and have prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, thank you for your goodness and grace. Lord God, I thank you for your kindness, your mercy. Lord, I, I pray and ask that you will bless your people. Lord, each one that is present, those that are tuning in, Lord God, those that will be listening later. I ask that you would bless them to receive your word, to live by your word so that they are blessed by your word. Lord, I ask these blessings in Jesus name. If there's any sick among us, I ask that you would heal them. Lord God, stir up the mind of the backslider, stir up the mind of those that are acting out hypocritically. Lord God, I ask that you would touch Lord, shape the very foundation. Lord, so that they can repent of their sin, convict their hearts, Lord. Lord, uh, your goodness leads us to repentance. Lord, conviction causes us to change, to be saved. Lord, we thank you. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. The church, the church is the bride of Christ. Church is the bride of Christ. Now, so we read already in uh, the scriptures how there was 10 that had great hope. They, they were very hopeful uh, of being invited to the wedding. They were very hopeful to be part of the wedding party. But five of them came unprepared. Now in their mind, they were prepared. They had as much as they thought they needed to have. They, those five felt that they were okay. And then there was five that um, 
said, you know what? As they prepared, they said, I'm going to take extra. I'm going to take extra. Do you seek after the extra that God has? Those five that did not come fully prepared tried to run back. And we're going to go into, into um, the book of Thessalonians uh, this, this morning. Those five that tried to run back to town, they say they tried to run back to the altar and pray and seek God's face and, and get what they needed. They didn't make it in time. They didn't make it in time. Let's look at our flesh. The Bible says that the, our flesh wars against the spirit. Uh, for those that are tuning in, you're listening to, this is Pastor Carl Henderson with a Cornerstone of Grace located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Uh, our Sunday morning service starts at 9 a.m. Bible class on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. And... I want you to know that we believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we're faithful. We're bold. We believe that the best way to face opposition is by obedience, emphasizing obedience to the word of God. The Bible said that he um, that obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience. You can walk in and give a, a large offering and not be obedient. That don't, a large offering doesn't please God. It may help keep the lights on in the church. It may pay the rent or mortgage. But what about your obedience unto God? Because after that, if you die in disobedience, you're going to hell. Period. There's no purgatory where you spend a little time and, you know, and you, you spend a, a number of years, days, whatever. I don't even know how that 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 false teaching works. But uh, and then you're able to come out and go to heaven. It don't work like that. It's either heaven or hell. And from hell, it's the lake of fire. And you'll find that in the Bible. And so uh, listen here. The, the flesh wars against the spirit. The flesh will tell you that you don't have to do something, not knowing that everything that we do is attached to spirit man. Remember, your body is just a house. And when the house, when the spirit leaves the house, that body does what? When the spirit leaves the house, that body is no longer functioning. That body is dead, period. It's dead. Death is the separation of spirit and body. The body goes back to the dust from whence it came. The spirit goes to God. And stands in judgment, and, and so uh, the Bible tells us that after that um, that death, after death, there is judgment. We stand before the Lord, and so we have to give an account for everything that's done, and so we have to take control using the Word of God, because the Word of God is spirit as well. And yes, the Word of God is alive. The Word of God is just not ink printed on pages. Uh, the Bible said, um, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. 
So that's what we have in front of us. We have the word of God, our Bibles uh, in front of us and to read and to ingest the word of God. So those five women, those five brides that was uh, those five virgins. Now, listen to that. They were virgins, which meant that they lived by a certain principle. But self-righteousness is not enough. You can be self-righteous and not be saved. You can pay your bills on time. You can uh, have a great relationship. Let's say you even marry. You don't cheat on your wife. Your wife don't cheat on you. You're morally structured and still lost because there is no relationship with God. Those five went back. Uh, they, 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 first of all, they played around too long because nobody knew when the bridegroom was going to show up. So they were fooling around that entire time. They, in my mind's eye, they were not prepared. They, they fooled around. They felt now all the time that they were on their way there uh, to, to meet with the other five. No one realized that what they had was not enough. They didn't realize that they didn't have enough. At least they didn't talk about it. At least, or if they did, they ignored it. Uh, how about you this morning? How about you this morning? We play we allow the enemy to play with our minds and we play pity patty games with ourselves. And, you know, we make it, we, we do things to, 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 um, to set ourselves up for failure instead of setting ourselves up for spiritual success. That's backwards. That's backwards. Why set yourself up for failure when God said, I would that, that you would not perish and that you would prosper. So he's concerned about spiritual life and the natural man as well. He's concerned about both. But here we are, we mumble and fumble and walk around and have play with these mind games that and stuff that, well, you know, I don't know and all of that. That's foolishness. Do you know God is real? That's a yes or no question. Is God real? Yes. Then why do then we don't have time to play and pretend that he's not? Or to let our flesh dictate to us knowing that this is flesh. And flesh hurts. You cut it, it hurts. You cut it, it bleeds. You, you bang it, it bruises. You hit it too hard, it, it will break. It will break. Bones will break. So we have to uh, understand that this flesh, this flesh is dangerous. This flesh is dangerous. But Christ overcame the world and he gave us power to overcome too. So those five that went and felt like, you know, hey, I don't, you know. And then when they realized that it was time you know, you hear, you've heard it for years. I've said it, you know, I've heard it when I was growing up and I, and I've said it even recently knocking on the, on the wood, you know, that, that the Lord is knocking at the door 
and so he is soon he is soon to come and with that thought in mind that thought in mind if he came would you be ready and you can make all kind of excuses and say well you know the lord is not going to come today and if he came he's going to leave me is that or he's not going to leave me is that his word is that the word of god that you're quoting from did you get that from the scripture because if you didn't get it from the word then you're not correct you're not correct you're assuming you're assuming you're assuming that everything is all right you make an assumption we don't live by assumptions assumption is like having I'm going to use this. It's like having two people having sex and well, you know, I'm not going to get married. I'm not going to, I'm not going to have a baby. And then you find yourself pregnant and find yourself maybe without a companion. You take a risk. I'm not going to catch a disease, but then how many people have died from diseases that they didn't think they would catch? We cannot play daily games with ourselves. We can't play games. Listen, in 1 Thessalonians 4, the fourth chapter, fourth chapter, and we have double duty today. We have a service at 1130 to speak at, uh, at 474 East Dewarty Road in the city of Monrovia. Uh, And so if you are available, if you're in the Los Angeles area, if you are uh, Los Angeles County, Riverside, San Bernardino. Please feel free to join us there at 1130. That's at 474 East Duarte Road in the city of Monrovia. And that's the church in which I actually grew up in. And so just wanted to put that out there um, while you're tuning in and um, finding scripture. You have 1 Corinthians, 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. You have it? First, you ought to have it. First Thessalonians four, beginning at verse one. It says there furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us, how ye ought to walk and to please God. So ye will be abound more and more you need to be rooted grounded in what god is saying all of us because all of us deal with emotions because we have emotions we all deal with with our we all have a will we can make decisions but are we making the right decision are we making the right choice Furthermore, then we then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us, how ye ought to walk. Each one of us that have been around any length of time know how we ought to conduct ourselves and to please God. All of us, you've been around a little while. You ought to know how to please God. He's not asking none of us to know everything. He's not asking us to know 
a hundred percent, a thousand percent, because you, you, you won't know that at this, it, it comes from time. Remember, this is not a sprint. It is a marathon. It takes time. It takes time to get from point A to point B and the ground that you have covered where you have started at the, at the starting point and where you are today, no one should be willing to give that up for nothing. No one should be willing to give it up to gain the whole world. And I don't think any of you have been offered the whole world. You might be offered a few, uh, you might be offered a moment of pleasure. You might be offered a moment where, where you're, you're trying to hold on to a friendship so you'll tell a lie for them. You'll play a practical joke for them that could be detrimental uh, to your own character. Uh, you might do something that, that, that we all would just classify as being stupid. Stupid. And, and so when we consider those things, when we look at these things, we know how to please God. We know how to please God. Once you've been told what to do in instruction regarding God's world, I'm not talking about this present earth. I'm talking about the world to come. We're, we're in preparation for that right now. We're in preparation right now. There are some that have gone on ahead of us and they're resting and the day will come that they're going to awake. They're going to awake. But for those that are woke, then we are waiting yet the redemption of our bodies. We're waiting for the redemption of our bodies. We're waiting for that. We're in expectation. We're, um, we're looking forward. To that, we're looking forward to the redemption of our bodies. Furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus that ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God so ye would abound more and more. For ye know what commandments are given you by the Lord Jesus Christ. So we all know what God expects of us. First Thessalonians 4. We all, second verse, for you know what commandments we give gave unto you or gave you by the Lord Jesus Christ. We all know and understand the word of God has been made plain. It's been made simple. If the Lord was to was to call us home right now. Or we have enough. There has been enough information given. Enough messages have been preached that have been taught, that have been exhorted, that has been listened to that have been sung about, that we line up with the word of God, no matter what, no matter who. No one and nothing should take your salvation. Salvation is not something that the devil takes from you. You take your salvation 
and you, in this analogy, is like taking your coat off and laying it down. You, you, you took it off. The devil didn't snatch it off of you. He cannot take what God gives you. You have to surrender it. In the story of Job, the Lord asked him and said, have you considered my servant Job? And the enemy said, yes. Lucifer said, yes, I've considered him. But you have a hedge around him. I can't get to him because you have him a, forge, a fortress around him. If you move it, I'll cause him to curse. I'll cause him to, to act crazy. I'll cause him to lose it. And Lord moved his head, moved the hedge and said, you can touch everything, but don't touch his soul. Don't touch his soul. You don't have permission to touch his soul. You can touch his body. Don't you touch his soul. The soul is the house of the spirit. Don't touch it. His hope was that Job would lay, would, would surrender. But he didn't. He said, all my point in time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait on him. I'm going to trust in him. And if I should die in my current state of being, I didn't come into this world with anything. I'm leaving without it, too. There's nothing that that is to separate us from God, except we allow that thing to happen. Meaning that we surrender, that we yield ourselves to the, become the servants of sin rather than the servants of righteousness. Now, we're still in the sobriety check. This is all part of the sobriety check. OK, for, for those that, that are listening and say, well, he said he's going to do a sobriety check at the, you know, the, at the beginning of the sermon. This is the sobriety check right here. You, you're, you're at the checkpoint. You're right here. You've been stopped. The cones have cornered off and you're not going to make a U-turn because there's somebody waiting for you on the other side. If you do listen. Five of the virgins. Were not prepared they were not prepared how about you today are you prepared or is there something else that that you know that that's causing you to lack many say well i'm going to be saved i'm going to be all right i'm going to make it in i'm going to i'm going going up yonder to be with my Lord. The Bible says, the third verse, for this is the will of God. What is the will of God? He goes on to tell you, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, unlawful acts, stuff you should not be doing. Idol worship, worshiping other things. When we put anything before God, that is an idol, that is idol worshiping. That every one of you 
should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. This is an honor. It's an honor that God called you. It's an honor that God called me. It's an honor. It's a privilege. It is not a right of passage. It's not a right. You know, some people think, well, I got a driver's license. I'm going to get a driver's license. I have a right to get one. No, it's a privilege. It's something that's been extended to you. So if you abuse it, they will revoke your license. If you if you uh, offend God. Who said that that he's not that he's going to forgive you? The, The scripture said my spirit shall not always strive with man. So who told you that one save always save and you can run around, do what you want to do, how you want to do it, when you want to do it, who you want to do it with. And the Bible plainly says separate yourself. Come out from among them, be separated. Sanctification, sanctification, sanctification means to be separated. Separate. Well, you know, we're we're all friends and, you know, and I, I'm living saved and, and, you know, and they're good people. Well, they might be good people. They may be. But there is a difference between right and wrong. There's a difference. And what we do should not be influenced by the wrong. The Bible said evil communication. Adds to good manners. Is that right? It corrupts good manners. How? Listen to that. Listen to that. Evil communication. Think about that for a moment. Evil communication. You're saved, sanctified. God has cleaned you up. You have been baptized. You. You done came out the water, your slate is clean, you good, you know, you done tear, you been you you done been on altar tearing, you still praying and Lord fill me with your spirit. No, we don't believe that because you because you're in church that you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. The Bible does not teach that. The Bible says that 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 on the day of Pentecost they was filled. You go back and read that. Go back and read the 10th chapter. Read about Paul's being filled with read about being filled with the Holy Ghost. It is not a good feeling, and I'm not going to stay here with that. But I'm telling you, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, not a good feeling. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, I believe it's in Ephesians that, that says that, that, and I could be wrong, but, but and you can correct me if, I, if I'm incorrect in, in the book, but I know the scripture that says that in baptism, we put him on, and in the, in the Holy Ghost, he puts us on, okay? Now, there's a scripture for that, all right? A matter of fact, because I've mentioned it, find it. Find it. So that no one will say, well, he, he's he, he's talking stuff, and he don't even know where, the, where it's at. And listen, no, we do. And, and so we'll get that to you in just a moment here. The Bible said everyone that, that named Christ, we ought to depart from sin. We ought to depart from sin. Get away from it. Water and oil don't mix. How do you mix with, how are you all mixed up in sin when water and oil don't mix? 
He said that every one of us should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God. People that don't know God, you can't expect them to live and act a certain way. Uh, no, it's like going to an insane asylum and you 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 have the people in the same they, they're not acting what we consider as being normal uh, but you want them to act normal it don't work like that it don't work like that and so he therefore that despises despises not man but god and if you don't like what is being said then i i've jumped a verse let me go back to the sixth verse so that we're clear that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any manner, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such, and as we also have forewarned you and testified. So we treat one another right. For God have not called us unto uncleanliness, but unto holiness. Holiness means that we treat other folks right, whether they saved or not saved. We have a conduct. It is not just a moral conduct. It is a holy conduct because we serve in the capacity of employment as unto the Lord. Don't mean I'm walking around saying Jesus all day long because I'll never be able to conduct a business meeting saying Jesus. I'll never be able to conduct a business meeting speaking in tongues. I won't be able to conduct a business meeting if I'm walking around and quoting Bible verses and they looking for a financial statement. They want to know the profit and loss. They want to know what's being done for advertisement. They want to know what's being done in the, in the area of the technology. How are we, how are we doing with, with our area of engineering, machine learning, data science, or uh, now artificial intelligence, which incorporates, which is supported by all of those things that I named. Listen. God have not called us unto uncleanliness, but unto holiness. He's called us to be holy. He therefore that despises, despises not man. So if you get upset with what I've said thus far and what I'm going to continue to say, you're not despising me. You are despising the word of God. You're despising what God has said. Not me, because I'm not I'm only reiterating what the Lord has spoken. Every pastor, every preacher today that is that is doing the right thing according to the word of God, they are merely emphasizing what God has said. Because we all must line up with the word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away. But the word is not going to pass away. Whatever you need in the word of God, you might not think it is, but I'm telling you, it's in the word of God. Financial structure is in the word of God. Some of the very principles in which the state, at least here in the US, are based upon the word of God. It's based upon the word of God. And so, uh, listen. He therefore that despises, despises not man, but God, who have also given unto us his Holy Spirit. 
Now, he's given that to us. He's made that available. It's your responsibility to accept what God has given. No one can teach you the Holy Ghost. I was at a meeting and someone was was teaching someone how to speak in tongues. And, you know, um, I've heard of that, but I had never seen it before. Uh, my stomach began to turn because the Bible does not teach anyone. It is as the spirit of God gives utterance. The spirit of God gives utterance. But people are taught certain things and is handed down until it is corrected. We look and pray for an opportunity for correction. And so when we consider those things, when we look at what's being done and what's being taught and you, you, you have the truth. You have the truth and you have those that don't have as much truth as you have. However, they are very sincere in what they do have, which is commendable. It's commendable. It's commendable. Listen. But as touching brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you for you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. This is where many people are going to have problems because of their prejudice, the prejudice that they contain, the prejudice that they hold, the prejudice that they have grown up with and have refused to let it go. They don't want to let it go. That's why they still have it. They don't want to let it go. That's why they maintain it. They don't want to let it go. Listen, you got to let some stuff go. You got to let it go. You can't, you can't hold on to sin. You can't hold on to stuff internally inside of you. Because when the Lord comes back, he is coming for those that are ready. Now, remember, we started off talking about the, the five virgins that was not ready. They felt that that this is the way I've done and I've always done it this way. I've gotten gotten away with it this long and I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I, I don't have to strive. But there was five that also had more. They had more. They had enough. And those that did not have enough asked them, said, saying, uh, share with us. Let us have some of your oil. And they told them, no, uh-uh, it don't work like that. Uh, no, because if I give you some of what I have, then I may not have enough. And if I don't have enough, it ain't, no, it's not going down like that. You have to tell the enemy it's not going down like that. It's not happening. No, it's not happening, Captain. Not at all. I need as much of God as possible. So I'm going to spend some time. I'm going to spend more time in prayer, earnest prayer, not a bunch of words, but just earnest prayer. Lord, help me. Sometimes my prayer is Lord, help me. Sometimes my prayer is just, Lord, I want to thank you and tell you how good you are. Sometimes it's just a silent, just being quiet. And listen, Lord, here I am. I need to hear from you. And he may not say anything. 
You have a lot of people that, that are talking about God always telling them something. You don't even find that in the scriptures that he's always talking to, to somebody. He's always telling them uh, what's going to happen to somebody else. He's always telling them, listen, God sends a word to uh, what about to, to the sinner? Does God give you a word to just just to tell somebody, a stranger that you just don't know so that they will hear and believe? Signs and wonders are for unbelievers. Where are the signs and wonders at for those that do not believe so that they will believe? But you prophesy. Some are prophesying about other people that are that they really have no business talking about. So listen here, we're talking about living a sanctified life. We're talking about living a life that is that you are telling your flesh that no, I'm for God, I live and for God, I die. I'm not going to die serving sin. Nope, I'm not going down that path. And so the Bible tell us what we're going on here. Paul is, is writing in letting the church know that is is you must be ready the fifth chapter i'm going to jump over to the fifth chapter nope no we won't let's drop down to verse 13 let's above that it says that you should study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands and as we command you, that you should walk honestly toward them that are without, and that ye may be lack of nothing. You may lack nothing. Now, God does have a concern about our well-being. If you have something, you ought to give to others. You ought to help somebody else out. You know, the poor we have with us always. And so for those of us that, that may be faring okay, it don't hurt to buy somebody uh, something. It don't, don't hurt to, to do anything. And it, it certainly shows someone else what to do. Help somebody else uh, develop a skill. Help them, teach them so that they can so they can fish for themselves. You give a person a fish, they'll eat for a day. But if you teach them how to fish, they'll be able to eat for many days. The 13th verse says, but I would not have you ignorant. Concerning them which are asleep. Paul is talking about those that are have gone on. That ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. When my mother passed, I saw the glory of God upon her that Sunday. And I looked over, I said, Wow, I said, that's my mother. Because I, I was just just overwhelmed to see the the glow that was on her. And on that Monday, she transitioned. So God had opened my vision to see her in that form. And she transitioned on that Monday, even though we were all sad to lose our mom. The the the, the joy that I did have and still have is that she was saved. She had committed her her life unto the Lord. She had repented of sin and she was raised differently than the way I grew up in, in church. Uh, she was raised in a different teaching. But that year, we spent a lot of quality time together. 
1994, we spent some quality time together. And, and as we I would go out with my mom, we would go to the movies and, you know, and talk about things. And, you know, you ought to spend some time, if you can, with yours. And, um, and so we were talking about church and she told me how she was raised and what she was told that if you just believe in God, you're okay. And I, I let her know that that was a good starting point, but there's more to it. Well, I became very sick. I was very ill. Uh, I had bronchitis and so I was bedridden and my mom had went to church, got baptized and for the remission of sin and became a member of the church very church that I'll be speaking at uh, in, in, at 1130. She became a member there. And so, and months later, she transitioned. She transitioned while out keeping a promise she had made. She wanted to keep her word to, to her granddaughters that she wanted to buy them some robes for Christmas and, you know, um, doing that, that giving season that, that we call Christmas and um, and so she was out shopping and she said, I'm feeling tired. I'm feeling tired. And she sat down on the bench at the mall and went to sleep. And so um, while she was, they had went to get the car. They had went to get the car. Sister Maria had went to get the car. And when she came back, a gentleman met her and said, is, is that your mom? And she said, yes. And he said, don't worry about her. I've already prayed for her. She was gone. She was gone. She had transitioned. And she was happy about that because of their more testimony to that. And she's one of the few people I knew that was rejoicing to go and be with the Lord. So when the Lord, when the trump of God shall sound, let's read on. So we don't sorrow, not as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, so even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Now there was a rumor that was going around, that was going around the, the church uh, that there was a problem. Now, some have believed that the rapture had already taken place. Others believed that once you was lost, once you died, all hope was lost. And, and so there was a lot of, uh, of misunderstanding that needed to be corrected. Now, when you when you get past the book of Acts, uh, just, just for clarity, when you get past the book of Acts, you are dealing with the church. You're not dealing with sinners. You're not dealing with people that are unconverted. You're not dealing with people that have not repented of their sins. You're dealing with the church. So even when you read scriptures like confession is made unto salvation, that was not meant for someone that's never known the Lord. That's talking about someone that did know the Lord, that transgressed and then, and then uh, confessed their sins. That's not talking about someone that has never, ever, known the Lord that way. It's the structure of the church and the establishment of order for the church when you get past the book of Acts. Now, when you read it in Acts, you are introduced to churches that they visited and where churches were established and where they ministered at and stuff. And as you read through Acts, then you can compare what's being said, but it has nothing to do with sinners. 
All right. And if you sit down and read your Bible uh, and a good minister will teach you and tell you the same thing. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. I'm just believing that that shout is a universal shout that everybody is going to hear to understand. But personally, when that shout come, call, I don't know, but I want to hear what it said. All right. Shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Who's going to rise first? the dead in Christ. Now, by the time the dead in Christ, um, those bodies come upward and what a grave is about six feet deep. Is, I, I don't know, but anyway, let's just say it's six feet deep. By the time it gets up uh, to that six foot, you know, even where we are, we're all instantaneously are caught up together. The scripture says, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And he said, comfort one another with these words. These are not words there to terrify you. These are words of comfort. What is the purpose of coming to church to be saved or, you know, and committing ourselves unto the Lord and not understand that it is for a purpose, the kingdom of God. It is a purpose for us to stand in his presence. Uh, Hebrews, the book in Hebrews says that, that without, holy, uh, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. We're to stand in the presence of God and to complete a work. Now, we're not going to go into the work that's going to be that we'll be doing, but I'll just give you a hint. Uh, the Lord, the, when the day come and you're saved, then the um, he'll say, well done. You want to hear the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things, few things. We've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over much. So there must. So to be a ruler over other things, there is work to be done. It is not you just sitting there playing a harp, you know, with um, with wings. The Bible doesn't tell you that you're going to have wings either. Uh, so that's a misconception and all angels. The Bible doesn't say that all angels, as you read, does not say anything about them having wings. And so you need to understand that that's stuff that people have made up. People have painted those false pictures and false beliefs. Get in the word of God and understand what God is saying. Understand what he is saying. Listen. We'll be caught up together. And ever will we be with the Lord. He says, but of the time and season, brethren, I, I have no need to write unto you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord is going to come like a thief in the night. It's going to happen suddenly. You, you might be driving down the street. You're on your way to work or, or home from work. 
and the Lord come. Your clothes. Now, in the movies, they like to show that you disappear and all your clothes go with you. God has no need of your clothes. Adam, when he was created, he was naked and he didn't know he was naked. He was. Well, let's put it this way. He was not ashamed. He didn't have nothing to put on. He was in a perfect climate. The Lord said he'll give us robes of righteousness. So he don't need your clothes. No one's going to be lusting after you when you're when you're transformed from mortal to immortality. No, we, we got over that that whole lust thing and, you know, and staring at folks and all of that kind of stuff out of ignorance that that stuff is gone. So. <laughs> listen. <laughs> Mighty God. <laughs> You just, you just see the looks, but listen, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord shall come as a thief in the night for when they shall say peace and safety. Now here is another clue when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail of alone woman with child and they shall not escape. But you brethren are not in darkness that the day of the Lord should overtake you as a thief. Don't allow anything to distract you. Don't allow anything to get your attention and you so caught up in everything that you forget about God and be overtaken. We're not to be overtaken. The Bible is clear about that. You're not supposed to allow stuff to sidetrack you so that you are just thrown off. You're thrown off. You don't know. The church is gone. You 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 go to my house and and I'm not there. And you thinking you got the police knocking the door open and stuff. That's it. The police ain't gonna have time to, to answer your calls because thousands of people at this point are missing. Tens of thousands. I'm gonna say tens of thousands because the Bible said that uh, that Jews saw the tens of thousands of uh, come thousands coming back with the Lord, and so. Um, at that point, they're going to be busy because some of the officers are going to be missing because they were sanctified. The fire department's not going to be helped because some of the firemen are sanctified. The doctors are not going to be able to help because some of them are sanctified. Nurses, sanctified, all caught up in a moment and in the twinkling of an eye, all caught up. Why? Because they committed themselves to to, to the Lord, and they committed themselves in such a way that, God, I need more of you. I need more of you. That's why I don't have time to, to excuse myself from service. That's why I don't have time to excuse myself from, from, from acknowledging God in all my ways and not leaning to my own understanding so he could direct my path. I don't have time for all of that. I don't have time. I, everybody gets tired. These bodies sometimes want to fight you know, and, and want to try to dictate to you, but you bring your body into subjection. Paul said that I bring my body into subjection. This is something that Paul said he does daily. And that's the apostle Paul. He said he does that daily. I'm sure that others did the same thing. I want to be like Paul. I can't wait to meet Paul. Listen. Now, for me, it's, it's Luke. I love I love Luke and I love his ministry. I love what Luke did because Luke was writing to Theophilus and telling Theophilus, look, I want to give you some assurance. 
I want to I want to make sure that you know and that you're clear and that you understand from eyewitnesses. I, I've gone through and I've written a record of all that have been seen and heard. And he, he went with Paul and he was with uh, Barnabas and he was with Mark uh, until Paul and until there was a separation and he stayed with, with Paul. It don't mean that to separate or well, you don't hear nothing about Barnabas and Mark any longer. Well, that's because Luke didn't go with him. It wasn't two, two Lukes. It was only one. And he made a choice to, to go with Paul. OK, so so that's why you don't hear much about them. But then you find out later that Paul said, send, send Mark. I need him. He got over himself. He got over the, 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 the disagreement that he had. He got over it. You ought to get over some stuff. The Bible tells us in Galatians. The third chapter, it says, the 27th verse, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put him on. That's how we put Christ on. That's what baptism is about. We put him on through water baptism. And that's the scripture. And I know some, will, well, forget about what some will say. That's, they, they were, they have not learned and they need to be taught. And so listen here. Listen. You want the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that um, I'm, I'm jumping over to the fourth chapter of Galatians. It says, "For but when the fullness of time, I'm at the fourth verse, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might be received the adoption of sons and because ye are sons and sent forth the spirit of uh, the spirit of his son into his heart crying Abba. And, and so the spirit of God cries out, not anyone teaching you to call out unto God. No one teaches you to speak in other tongues as the spirit of God gives utterance. That is not the spirit of God. That's you. The spirit of God gives utterance. If your baby stopped crying, for those of you that say I have the Holy Ghost, but you have not stirred the spirit up. Now, listen, I'm a firm believer also that that if, if the spirit of the Lord overtakes you, you know, in other words, the Lord is blessing you and, and you're baptized with the with the, the Holy Ghost, as John talked about, then. In the service, you don't stand up and and rattle off in, in tongues and, and, and everyone else is we're ready to move on in the service. No, the spirit is subject to the prophet. So you either go another room, go in the back and, and, and there should be someone to interpret what is going on. Um, if it's that of that nature, not just, you know, because it's a message, if it's continual, then it's a message. What is the Lord saying? We need to know those things. We need to know those things. And it's not taught often in the church, but as we move forward, then we will teach that as the Lord um, permits and provide for us. But listen here. In the book of Corinthians, Corinthians, are you ready to be caught up? Are you ready? Deacons, are you ready? Brothers, are you ready? Mothers, are you ready? Saints, 
Friends, are you ready to be caught up in the Lord? You don't have time to get ready. You don't have time to get ready. Let me say that again. You will not have time to say, Lord, I repent. You will not have time to say, I'm sorry. You won't have time to say anything of that nature because it will be after the fact. Now, if you go to our website, connectingtruth.org, I, I like that um, particular uh, video that, that I posted there because it gives a very clear picture of how quickly the rapture will take place. How quickly, connectingtruth.org, connectingtruth.org. Nobody had a chance to say, forgive me. No one had a chance to go to the altar and tarry for the Holy Ghost to be filled with the Spirit of God. No one had a chance to go and get baptized. And, and, and everything that happens after that is judgment, is judgment. Now, Paul said, behold, I show you a mystery, 15th chapter of, of Corinthians. We shall not all sleep. This goes along with, um, with Thessalonians. But we shall be changed. We shall be changed. If the Lord came right now, would you be changed? Would you be changed? You need to be searching your heart. You need to be talking to God right now. Would you be changed if the Lord came? Let's just say he, I, the, the spirit of the Lord is stirred up as he is. And he's, and we don't know when the Bible said that no man knows the day or the hour. I'm just using this as an example to help you out. If you knew if the Lord was coming in the next two seconds, what would you have to correct to be caught up? Two seconds already went by. It's already gone by. This is, this is why there's an opportunity daily for us to get it right. For us to make ready for his return. And his return may not be collective. It may be individual. But be ready. He said in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when the corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? At that point, death has no rule over the, over the saints of God, over the believer, those that are practicing believers. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God for giving us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. Each of you, grab hold to God and be steadfast. Grab hold to God. Don't say I'm cutting out foolish today and pick it up tomorrow. No, it's time to be steadfast. 
obedient in all areas, unmovable, always abiding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye labor, you ought to know your labor unto God is not in vain. Bless your Lord Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord God, for your word this morning. Thank you, Lord. We know that you are a soon coming king. We know, Lord, and we understand that your word is fulfilling. Lord, search our hearts. Holy Ghost. Lord, search the hearts of each one that is listening. Lord, stir up the mind of the backslider, Lord. Lord Jesus, save. Save, Lord God. Lord, we are in a state where we are wanting and desiring you to search us so that we are found pleasing in your sight. We don't want to be offensive to you. If we have offended you in any way, any thought, I pray and ask your forgiveness. I ask your forgiveness, Lord God, amongst your people that may have sinned, may have committed a sin or, or did not do what they were instructed to do. I ask your forgiveness on their behalf. Lord, if there's any sick among us, today that are sick because of sin, I ask that you would heal them. And I ask that you would bless them, Lord God, to walk in the awareness and to be honest and confess those sins and not to turn back to them again. Lord, I pray for the sanctification of each one under the sound of my voice to abide in your word, Lord God, and that you would open their understanding Lord Jesus, that they would be saved because they now know how to apply your word. Lord, we thank you right now for this opportunity. Thank you, Lord, for the this time that you have given and allowed your servant to exhort your word. I ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, thank God for each of you that have tuned in and listened to the word of God this morning. God bless you. I want to invite you to be with us um, in our Pentecost service. This will be our what we call SoCal Pentecost 2024 in the city of Rancho Cucamonga. And uh, it's not just a service, but the, the churches, the, the pastors, um, ministers and the saints of God have been praying and uh, the Lord is, is blessed in recognizing the calling uh, to a higher elevation. So I want to invite you to, to be with us because this will be an ordination service uh, and I will be at that time uh, consecrated and ordained Bishop Albert Carlton Henderson. And so I want to invite you to join in with us. More of this information, we, we currently have a, a flyer posted on connecting truth with information, but uh, there is an updated version of that that is going to be posted as well. I solicit your prayers. I'm not a minister that don't need prayer. I need prayer. 
I need you to call my name out, Lord. Remember, Pastor Carl, I don't, if you say Brother Carl, <laughs> Lord, remember him. Remember him. Uh, Lord, God bless him. Lord, to, to do your will and to present your word. You know, pastors have to live a sanctified life too. And, and, and so when you sick or when you have a problem, you don't want no, nobody that's there. That's that don't, that can't, that's not in touch with God. Words is not it. It's not the words. There's a lot of people that sound good uh, on the microphone and, and all of that. They, they sing, they, 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 they have charismatic movement and all of that kind of stuff. That's, that's not me. I'm, I want God and I want God a right way. I want him a real way. And so I want him. I'm going to put it this way. Let me just use my own vernacular. I want him bad. Okay. I want him bad. That That's my heart's desire is to please the Lord. And so I solicit your prayers as we are moving forward. Thank God for each of you. As I'm looking uh, here at the uh, man, I, I'm telling you, uh, there are so many uh, people that have tuned in this morning that are listening to the word of God. God bless each of you. Thank you for your time, taking time out of your schedule to tune in and to be part of this service. We certainly appreciate each of you um, in your uh, location where you are. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Now, when we go into, as I said, I have to speak at 1130 service, appreciation service. And um, and so I will hit the live session at that time as well uh, for what is going to be ministered um, at, in that hour. But um, Lord say the same, we'll be back on Wednesday in the book of Genesis, continuing on plowing the word of God. Listen, live a sanctified life. A sanctified life has nothing to do with money. It has to do with you and your relationship with God. Nurture that relationship. Nurture the relationship with God. Turn off the cell phone, turn off the TV, go in another room, go in the closet, do something, take the baby with you. They'll cry themselves to sleep, you know, or wait till they go to sleep and you sneak out the room and or get on the side of the bed because after a while the babies, they hear you praying and after a while you hear them praying too because they're going to mock what you're doing. And that's a beautiful thing. Do you know some children receive the Holy Ghost uh, because they were in the backyard? And, and I know these testimonies personally and stuff. Uh, people have been imitating the preacher. Uh, somebody pretending that they the preacher and imitating the preacher. And when he got excited, ah, and he, you know, and somebody else is doing it and someone else is imitating, uh, oh, I'm going to be mother, mother, mother Henderson. And so they, they imitate mother Henderson and they got the, you know, the, the pie pan and, you know, kids used to get in trouble back in the day for, for playing, taking the pie pans or the cake pan and using it as a tambourine. Cause you didn't beat the bottom out of it so bad, you know, but they did that. And the spirit of the Lord actually would, would get involved with that because they were sincere in heart of imitating and what they was doing, all of a sudden it became real. Overseer Roberts, and I'm gonna stop with this. Overseer Roberts is in Alabama, I think it's Mobile, Alabama. And she was testifying about how she got saved. She said that the mothers, you know, that the little church that they was in, 
Uh, they would be beating the drum and they didn't have a whole drum set, you know, like we do and all that kind of stuff. They they just had this little drum and they would be singing to God is a good God. And they would just be hitting the drum. Boom, 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 boom. And so she thought that was so funny. And so she would she wanted to get on the drum and she wanted to hit it. Boom, 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 boom. God is a great God. Boom. And she's just hitting the drum. And all of a sudden she said that that she couldn't stop. She couldn't stop hitting the drum. And as much as she wanted to let go of that drum, she couldn't stop. The spirit of God had moved up on her. And the next thing you know, uh, God had got hold of her and she was filled with the Holy Ghost in that service, hitting that drum. And when she stopped hitting the drum, the spirit of the Lord didn't let her go. And, and you watch TV sometimes, people be jumping and shouting and carrying on. And when the music stopped, they sit down too. But listen. When it's real, uh, when it's real, when it's real, and I'm just going to stop right there. I, I got to stop. I got to stop. But when it's real, when it's real, nothing's going to stop you from praising God. You driving down the street, you got to praise in your heart. You walk in the bathroom at work and all of, and you got to praise. And someone might even might hear you, you know, thank you, Jesus. And, you know, it just hits you and you just got to give God a praise. You don't know what that impact is doing and have done for them. God bless you. Continue to pray for us as we're praying for you. Amen. Bless you, Jesus.